Well, it's been an, an, an intense week, to say the very least. We had the highest of highs in Georgia, where we made history, and the lowest of the very low with the display at the Capitol on Wednesday. A lot to talk about. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey everyone and welcome to Actually Podcast. I'm your host Jasmine and usually I talk about what's going on in the world, things that are interesting to me, but this week I'm pretty sure everybody has forefront on the mind that um, the President of the United States had a failed coup on our nation's capital which is mind-blowing because when you think about it the last time that happened it was something we read in the history books it was the british trying to storm the capital in the 1800s um so yeah so there's that but before we get to the lowest of the low and the darkest day in american history um one of the darkest days of course Um, I want to talk about something that really was a bright spot, a really big push and a wonderful thing that happened and history was made in Georgia. So I definitely want to talk about that and celebrate our two new senators that will help bring a Democratic majority to the Senate and will now have a Democratic president a House-led and Senate-led, a whole Democratic three-branch government for the people. On Tuesday, January 5th, the great state of Georgia made history and changed the course of the upcoming Biden administration for the better. On the 5th, Raphael Warnock was able to defeat Kelly Loeffler for the Senate seat that was up for grabs from the runoff from November's election. Now, uh, Pastor Warnock is the senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which was Dr. King's church when he was senior pastor as well. And Raphael Warnock has made history as the first black man to ever be seated as a senator in the state of Georgia in history, which is mind boggling when you think it is 2021 and we've never had a black man as a senator for Georgia, but here we are. Um, And in that same day, Georgians also made history in electing the youngest man to ever hold a Senate seat in that state in John Ossoff. John Ossoff went on to, he actually interned for the late great John Lewis when he was in high school and he was an independent film producer for many years. Got back into politics, wanted to make a difference in his state and he defeated Purdue for that Senate seat in Georgia. So now here we are. People didn't think it could be done. 
they weren't really sure if Georgia would go blue. They thought that in November for Biden it was a fluke, and now it is signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, really a mind-blowing, huge win for Democrats, a huge win for the upcoming Biden administration, um, having three branches of government in the Democrats' hands will surely make the transition to a lot of the um, programs that I know President Biden wants to get going, as well as Vice President Kamala Harris, as well as appointing new judges, appointing the judges to the Supreme Court, creating these programs to help everyday people. So it really is um, an incredible win, an incredible feat. And of course, we always talk about Stacey Abrams, but there are so many people, not just Stacey and Fair Fight, but there are so many organizations through Georgia that have really been working towards this win for the past 10 years just really have pulled off a phenomenal feat. And, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people weren't sure that Republicans were going to turn out because of so much of the harmful rhetoric around um, stolen elections, the, the lies around that, and about people feeling like their votes didn't count. Well, it turns out that was not the case. It turns out the Republican base actually turned out immensely. They actually turned out a little less than they did during the November election, but still it was only minimal, maybe about through 4%, but I think they still came out at about 82% of the base, which is a phenomenal feat, but what happened and the difference um, since they're coming out now with the data is that many people who did not vote at all in November came out and voted for the Democrats for this special election, which is unheard of because usually runoffs, special elections, it doesn't get as much coverage. It doesn't get as much play. But again, give it to Fair Fight, give it to all of these grassroots organizations that were on the ground in Georgia for really connecting the dots for the people of Georgia to let them know that their vote mattered and that they not only could change their future, but change the future of our whole country. So it's taken me a couple days to really wrap my head around what happened on Wednesday around the Capitol. Um, not that I didn't understand what was happening. Not that I couldn't believe it because unfortunately I could. And, you know, this is something that had been talked about for weeks. This is something that this president has threatened and these people have been talking about this through their channels to be able to stand up as quote-unquote patriots and contest the electoral college verification. Um, 
more so what I can say is what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is the lack of preparedness. In summer of 2020, during the Black Lives Matter movement, um, there were plenty of tanks and National Guardsmen on the ground for people that simply wanted to march for equality for black lives. And they were met with tear gas, uh, rubber bullets, batons, pepper spray. Um, There were people this summer in Aurora, Colorado that were having a peaceful sit-in during a violin concert in honor of Elijah McCollum. And the police descended upon these men, women, and children with riot gear and mace. Um, there are just so many different instances this summer that seeing what happened on Wednesday was just really a nail in the coffin for anyone who tries to turn a blind eye to the racist roots of this country. It just was so terrifying to watch as a citizen watch these deplorable individuals not only deface the Capitol with a noose on the side of the building, but to watch them be let in by members of Capitol Police, to watch them break down barriers in different sides of the building while Basically, the lineage of power for our country, with the exception of the actual president himself, were all there, all there in one building. Those people were let in and and some of them were armed. Five people lost their lives that day, and one of them, a Capitol policeman, 42 years old, who was basically bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. So the next time someone tries to say, it's not about race, it's about money, I guarantee you, There were plenty of people there who were well off at that rally from the president and his family where those people were told to march to the Capitol and let their disdain be heard and felt. It's just, it's disgusting. It is the lowest of the low, but it, it's not surprising. 
because people in this country never cared about police. Not when you have a policeman's blood on your hands. You cannot tell me that it's about backing the blue. It is about protecting white supremacy. That is the only thing that those people had in common. The loss of their supremacy. The change of ways. The time changing and leaving them behind. That is what that was about. I just still, you know, I I saw the numbers from the summer and all of the innocent people that were not only identified using, you know, facial recognition software and were targeted after the peaceful marches this summer, but the thousands of people that were arrested just for peaceful protesting. And then you have 30,000 people who descend upon the Capitol, deface it, deface offices, grab podiums and try to sell them on eBay, pee and defecate inside the chambers, pictures with them with zip ties as if to that they were going to try to take people hostage. And so far, only 53 people have been arrested. This is, this is insanity. But again, I am not surprised. I just hope that now, when people see Colin Kaepernick, They understand finally why he took a knee. They understood, but they chose to try to explain it away. Well, what happened on Wednesday proved him right and should have vindicated him in anyone's eyes who ever had a question of what he was talking about. Roger Goodall, after Wednesday, I would say owes Colin Kaepernick a huge apology. But that's not for me to say. What I am here to say is that is one of the darkest days in American history. But unfortunately... As a woman of color, as a woman, as a person who has lived in this country for as many years as I have, born and raised here, I was not surprised. The fight to protect white supremacy overshadows everything, overshadows women's rights, civil rights, pay equality. It is one of the bloodlines of this country. And now it is time for it to end.
So Nancy Pelosi um, came forward on Thursday and Friday speaking about um, the House coming together and drawing up articles of impeachment for this sitting president. Um, the ultimatum was put on the table that if um, the 25th Amendment was not enacted, which of course is something that the vice president and the cabinet can enact to remove a sitting president, that she would move forward with gathering votes for impeachment. Um, I think this was a great move. I think when you see the damage that was done to the Capitol, when you hear the chance of people saying that they were going to hang Mike Pence, um, people defecating in the Capitol, people having zip ties and weapons trying to break their way into the chamber of the Senate. Um, this is something that is extremely serious. Um, this is more than just a failed coup. This is a terrorist attack. And, you know, this country is never one to negotiate with terrorists. And I think this is something that needs to be taken seriously. Um, I think it's interesting when you look at the social media platforms, you know, they have actually gone as far to suspend the account of the sitting president. And I just think it's funny that these social media accounts are doing more to prohibit uh, dangerous activity from this person and our own government is not willing to work. Um, something Mitt Romney said yesterday, um, well, we're just going to hold our breath for the next 13 days until he's gone. You're going to hold your breath for 13 days. That's amazing to me because that is actually what the 25th Amendment was made for. It was to unseat a sitting president if they were deemed unfit. I don't know what more you have to do um, to seem unfit when you rile a crowd to march to the Capitol and you deny calls for backup and military help to secure a federal building. I don't know how much more unfit someone has to be than that. Again, I think it speaks to the privilege and the supremacy that is deeply ingrained into this country. Either way, I think it is very important that Speaker Pelosi came out and said that. I think many people feel the same way. Um, watching, I do watch C-SPAN as And hearing people call in, there was a woman who called in and she was visibly a, a shaken and she had been crying and she said did my president lie to me did he lie has this all been a lie and she just continued to say i'm sorry i voted for him and i voted for him twice and i'm so sorry
And, you know, you know, we can hear that and hear the remorse, but what does that do for that Capitol policeman's family? What does that do for the people who are marching for black lives and the president says, if they start looting, we start shooting. What about the families of the two men that Kyle Rittenhouse shot? What what does that do for them? People always talk about, well, now we need to come together as a country. I don't know if we can do that yet. I I would like to think so. But it's it, it is a cancer. White supremacy, racism is a cancer. And to really get well, you need to eradicate it. And I really don't see how our country can come forward until there is some level of accountability. And yeah, I mean, accountability, you know, you're hearing from these people who voted for this person all this time and knew something was off, but it just never affected them. But it affected them on Wednesday because they realized who they had signed their allegiance to. And they realized that they, they, they did not agree. I don't know if it was that they didn't agree or they didn't feel like the package represented them. And all I can say in that respect is that, you know, it doesn't matter if the back the package has a bow on the outside, it's the contents. And I think we could all see what the contents of his package was very early on. We were warned. And some people choose to ignore it. But after Wednesday's insurrection, I really don't think that is an option anymore. Well, here we are at the end of another episode. I thank you so much for listening. I know that there will be brighter days ahead. I just have to believe that. <laughs> but I again, I thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. So let's talk a bit about GameStop. So GameStop, the beloved video game store of the malls long gone, um, basically are giving us a case study in why, you know, the stock market is not a true indicator of the actual economy, but also a case study on how to overthrow hedge funds and billionaires and give a David and Goliath kind of win for the little guy. So it took me a little while to kind of understand what was going on just because I just started, um, buying stocks myself uh, just in this last year or so. So I'm very, very new to the stock market. Don't really know much about what's going on with it, except for, you know, I have, of, of course, a 401k from a previous job years ago where I 
was investing, but as far as doing it on my own terms, I'm kind of about six months in. But either way, when I read this story about GameStop and how Reddit users basically went to kind of stick it to these hedge funders who always kind of play with the stock market and kind of make their money off of it, I was really intrigued. So basically what's going on is it's a an issue of shorting, which is something that money professionals and hedge funders always do which I had to really look it up because I was like, I don't really understand the concept. So basically, an investor borrows shares of a doomed quote unquote stock, which is a stock that people think is going to suffer losses. And so they borrow that stock from another investor for a small fee. Then they go back and sell it immediately. And the original investor thinks that it's going to go lower so that they'll be able to buy back those stocks for a cheaper price basically just almost like a shell game where they keep it moving and um so what happened here is that GameStop was uh purchased by these large hedge funders and they predicted the decline of the stock so when that happens, they put in their predictions and they make money off of the stock going lower because they're buying it back at cheaper prices, which devalues the stock as it goes on. But because of these Reddit users who found out what was going on and wanted to make their money, but also wanted to show Wall Street that, you know, these beloved companies of people's childhoods because it's not only GameStop it's also AMC and a couple other companies I think Blackberry where um, people were doing the same thing people were buying these stocks in record number amounts so when that happens the stock instead of where it was predicted to go down it's actually shooting up and I think the last time I looked it looked like GameStop stock was up about 127%. So when that happens, the original investor, when people, you know, buy, sell off those stocks for a certain amount, and then they're predicting the decline, and they go to buy it back at a smaller fee. Now this stock is valued at such a high level that they are having to go and sell off some of their high performing stocks to be able to cover. So cover is basically when you have to cover the amount, whether it is a loss or a gain for a stock that you own that is a part of your portfolio. So basically you let another investor borrow something of yours and if it breaks, you can buy back the pieces for less and then that way you've still made a profit. But if they go and they buy it from you and they make upgrades and it's worth more, you have to take money out of your own pocket. In this case, they're having to sell off some of their higher performing stocks, gain more money. And some of these hedge funds have actually had to borrow billions of dollars to be able to buy back some of these stocks. It actually puts that original investor in a ton of hot water. So... As of today, which is Thursday, 
the 28th stock uh, trading apps like Robinhood have actually stopped the uh, trading of GameStop because it was making such a huge effect in the S&P. The S&P actually went down 2.5% since this all started. So because of that cataclysmic shift, which 2.5% doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you talk about that amount of money, they actually put a halt of trading. I know it's a lot. I'm not even sure if I explained it well. You can always Google it. I did, and I probably still didn't explain it 100%, but either way, I think it really is interesting. I really think it is a case study of where we are as a society, as in today. And I think it's really impressive. When you look at the effect that social media media has had, not only on our elections, but also on mobilizing people to fight for causes, I think this is another one of those remarkable things that could go in the record books. You know, I've always said the stock market is not a true indicator of our economy, and anyone who lives in the real world would understand that. But I think even more so these people being able to turn the tables to be able to make an amount of money doing what hedge fund companies have done for years, I think is really, really impressive. And I know for me now just getting into the stock market, it's really scary and it's really still very confusing But I think it's cool that people are taking back some of their power, especially their financial power, and learning how the ins and outs of the stock market goes and becoming a part of it. And letting people that know that, you know, some of these possibly nefarious tactics that they've used to gain millions and billions of dollars throughout the years, they're not immune for being on the other side of that table.